0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Gate 7 International Podcast. This is the Midweek Greek Soccer Series. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with Adi Bulubasis, Lambros Sirmos, and our special guest for today, Greg Gavalas. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing?
1: Pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you.
0: Great, great. Well, we've just finished watching an absolutely wonderful, glorious game between Greece and Kosovo. (laughs) It was so much fun, guys. It was a 0-0 draw with a team that's only been in FIFA for uh, not as long as I've been alive. So really good stuff from Greece there. We'll get into it more later. But before that, we do want to just go over a little bit of housekeeping to keep people up to date with the podcast. This weekend, we will be having our good friend and guest, Konstantin Devoianis, on the pod again. You can follow him on Twitter at CLEVO275. He is with Olympiacos EU, and we will also be joined with a correspondent from Marseille, who you can follow on Twitter at Ali underscore nine three, as we do pre-match analysis for Olympiacos versus Marseille, our first game of the Champions League. On Wednesday, October 21st, we will kick off episode nine of the midweek series with Michael Vicini. Michael is another writer from Hellas Football. He is a Larissa supporter, so it'll be nice to get an alternative take on the Greek Super League from him. Finally, on Sunday, October 25th, we will be joined by Theo Buras from Agona Sport. Theo is an Olympiacos correspondent and has written many articles commenting on various issues relating to the club. We would also like to say thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing that great Greek olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com or give them a call at 410-675-4696. And some quick news, our news news. Run-throughs are going to be a lot shorter now, I guess, now that the transfer window is over, but we do have a few things to talk about. Panathinaikos have already sacked their manager, Dani Poyatos. It's unfortunate that that didn't work out for them. They have replaced him with Laszlo Bologna. Hopefully that will get them back on their feet. Our own Panayotis Retzos, former Olympiakos player, now with Bayer Leverkusen, featured for Greece in the U21s. He unfortunately took a hit to the groin. Uh, Us men know how... Painful that can be, but it seems like he's going to be okay. Ruben Vinagre, recent loan signing for Olympiacos, has been carted off the field with an injury uh, in international duty, but it seems like he's going to be good to go. He's going to be available against Marseille. We shouldn't have to see Jose Jolevas in a Champions League game in 2020, so that's good news for Olympiacos fans. Additionally, Portuguese footballing legend Cristiano Ronaldo tested positive for coronavirus on a team that also contained Ruben Semedo. Uh, Semedo has already had the coronavirus and recovered from it, although one thing to remember about this virus is that you can test positive again. So there is a possibility of reinfection. Hopefully Ruben is okay. Now, there haven't been any transfers recently, but obviously Ike had a very, very productive summer. Greg, as someone who covers Ike and supports Ike, can you give us some thoughts of just what the transfer window was like uh, for you, how you thought they did? I personally thought that they addressed a lot of important areas and brought in some good players.
1: Yeah, look, like it was uh, probably one of our strongest transfer windows in many, many years. Uh, we've had uh, one or two good players in the past come in in a transfer window. Obviously, we've, we've worked on loans a lot of the time, free loans, and the fans were starting to get a bit um, a bit over that and a bit worried just because you have one good player for a season, and then they're gone. But um, we did well. Uh, I was really happy with that we got. And Sarifad, who used to play for Olympiacos, um, he had a lot of uh, mixed reactions uh, from the Aik fans. However, I was excited from day one because I remember him so well at Olympiacos. He's totally backed that up uh, in playing for Aik. Uh, he's amazing with both feet, um, and he's scored that amazing goal against Wolfsburg, which um, has put us rid of the, the to the Europa League. So goal. that was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was amazing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, you know it's a probably a goal that I don't think even Oliveira would have been able to score. So it uh, speaks volume about that transfer. Um, the other big transfer is, uh, the Garcia, Levi Garcia. Um, of course, as soon as he was doing so great, he got, uh, received that terrible, um, hamstring injury. Yeah. Um, he has just started running now. Um, but he has, he's provided a spark on our left, on our, sorry, on our right wing that we haven't had in a while, probably since Cristóbal López. So, uh, uh, he's great. Uh, he should be back in four weeks. He's just started running, like I said. So, uh, that's great. Um, and then we've got Shanko, from, who used to play for Bulk in the, the centre midfield uh, position. Uh, he's been starting straight away. He's been quite good. Um, doesn't have a huge amount of pace, but he's, uh, he's been quite influential in our game. So that's been good. And then you've got Insua, the left back that we bought from Panathinaikos, who um, I was really excited about. Uh, I'll be honest, his performances for us so far have been extremely rusty, but um, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to regain that form that uh, he had up on course where he, he wouldn't stop running. Um, a couple of decent acquisitions for our center back, which is one of our biggest weaknesses. Um, so we've got uh, a remaining international, whose name I've just... Uh, has. It's a hard one to say my... if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, it was a hard one. Uh, I thought I had it on my list here, but I've missed him. But he's uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing his uh, inclusion because uh, we're, we're really weak there. Uh, we've got a lot of injury playing players there, especially with Grinsky so him and another guy called Knid um, and Deya as well so uh, really keen to see how these guys uh, pan out in center back so and then we've just bought uh, Tankovic who was a player uh, for left midfield who we've been we've been flirting with him for at least 12 months now to bring him in and I think after we saw the in- injury to Garcia uh acted acted on that straight away with Ivic, and we required him which was impressive because you know it's a con- with Ajax it's constantly negotiating a loan deal, trying to get the best price, and in modern football, that's pretty hard because it's so competitive out there. And the, you know, other clubs have got, you know, especially outside of Greece, they've got much bigger budgets than us. But um, we've done it, and we've gotten him now. So I'm very keen to see the hype for him and see what he can do uh, out there on the field. So overall, it's definitely been an impressive uh, transfer period for us.
2: I would agree, a hundred percent. I thought there were some very impressive performances. We actually did a small deep dive on Levi Garcia when he was also linked with Libyakos and it looked like we were in a bidding war with yeah. Ike and he was pretty exciting I mean I saw you know obviously there was some rustiness with a couple of things or some things mm. I didn't like but I thought on a whole he definitely would have impact at least in the Super League hundred um, sure. percent he did look like that kind of player now uh, before we kind of go on with the international break and the international games. Uh, we kind of wanted to ask you as well about a little bit about your background. How did you get started writing with Algona Sport and Elas Football? If you kind of, if you don't mind giving us for the listeners a little bit of background about you. That would sure. be wonderful.
1: Um, sure, look, I finished high school and um, I, I, look, I got very passionate into Greek football from when I was 13, probably when Greece started, uh, when Greece qualified for the World Cup in America. Um, and writing had been a passion of mine through high school, so I went to college after high school, got my diploma in for sports writing, um, and started writing for some Australian uh, magazines at the time. Uh, that were and as a sports writer for Greek football, so that got me uh, going initially. And this we're talking late 90s, early 2000s. Since then, I'd written for several online websites in Australia, um, and then in two, and about 10 years ago, I was the editor for. a pretty popular magazine in Australia uh, called Soccer International. So I was editor there for uh, one and a half years. Best job I've ever had. Obviously, the, the remuneration wasn't great, but um, it was a hell of an experience. And from there, that's when um, a few years after that, I, I, uh, I went to sport, reached out to me about uh, writing for them. So I, uh, wrote, I've, I have been writing for them for, it's probably been three, four years now. Um, and at the same time, Hellas Football got in touch with me about um, you know writing there for the Ethniki and for Aek, and but you know, Super League in general. And we've been going with Hellas Football probably for a similar for four or so years. Uh, so that's pretty much my background. I started a long, long time ago um, after high school, and you know it's sort of been one outlet after another. But the last four years have probably been the most consistent with Hellas Football in Agona.
2: It's fantastic. We love your insights. And uh, how did those four, the four word kind of the four word summations of the, <laughs>
1: yes, the, the Super League games? How did that start? That started um, in my previous job. I used to catch a train, uh, and I used to be on the train for an hour. And um, it just randomly started. I, I remember a round finished, and I, I used to see. I follow. Like I'm a I'm a motorsport fan myself, and I used to see a motorsport guy. that used to put a, a three word uh, rundown of a of a, a certain round and when he'd finished, he'd put it up the next day. So I was on the train and I just thought I'd, I'll do it one day randomly for the Greek Super League uh, after we finished that round. Uh, and he just caught on straight away. I, th- I think I might've started with three or four words, but then I thought four words is definitely easier. So um, I just went with that and uh, it's it's been pretty popular.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely get a kick out of them every week. I, yeah. I love reading them. I look forward to them all of the time. And uh, thank you so much for giving us that background. Uh, our viewers definitely like to or i should say our listeners rather definitely like to hear everybody's background how they got into what they did and it's truly fantastic to hear now we get into the meat the meat of this podcast somewhat maybe even a little controversial we'll see how it goes give us let's say your thoughts uh sort of of i guess what you watched First, we'll start with the Sunday game now that the metrics and stuff have populated. We teased some of the data from those games and from previous games. What have you seen so far with this Greek national team and before before going into this game, what was your outlook? What did you think of the game on Sunday?
1: Uh, Sunday's game was the against Moldova. Um, look, I think we've 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 improved our play in, certain, in the sense that we are creating chances, but you know my, my worry is we've gone sort of back to playing players that are not not suited for certain positions and putting them into the lineup. So I saw sort of the same thing: dominating possession, um, but then really struggling in that final final pass and final third. Mandalos, who obviously I watch a week in week out, you know, started on the left wing, and to be honest, on against in the Sunday game with Moldova, it's probably one of the worst games I've ever seen him play club mm-hmm. and internationally. So that yep. again sums up that whole approach of putting a certain player in one spot to start that um just is not suited for that position. And then we had uh you know we didn't have um we had I think Hadzidiakos starting at right back who's okay there but um if you're calling up a right back as in rota just just start him there. So um Yep. Similar, similar thing, you know, Moldova is Moldova, so we we'll, were we'll able to scrape out the two goals there, but, you know, really, we should have had... And again, this poor finishing. Like, I don't know what it is with um, certain players when they put that Greek national team jersey on, but they forget to shoot. They, they just don't know how to finish. Um, I thought for sure Fortunis was going to put us uh, 3-0 up at one stage and he hit the post, close range. Bacasetas had classic chance to easily put us up 3-0. Shot it right at the keeper. I just find that amazing. And also, think uh, for Sunday's game, we probably didn't even need to have two central defensive midfielders. I think, you know, we need to start looking at playing uh, two strikers because we're constantly in this position, like we saw today again, uh, over the possession. But then we get up, we get to the box, and that final pass is just honestly, it's ridiculous. Like I'm getting quite. I think it's it's. I just don't understand what gets through these players' minds sometimes when they put that shirt on. It's it's not that hard if you run down the line, you've got a couple of options in the middle, pass to them, then just hook it in there. So. Look, it's good that we're, we're creating things. I think that's one thing, um, but we, we really need to polish up and we need to play, you know, play a left winger at left wing, play a right back, at right back and, and go that way. And, you know, st- and start looking outside of at this as well. I wasn't his biggest fan for his first 20 games. It was pretty ordinary. We, the whole team had that peak last year when we played those four games and did exceptionally well, but we've kind of gone to having a little bit of that shine from those games, but we're struggling overall with that final third
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Greg, on a lot of the points that you made. I think Montalos is a good player when used in the correct position, but wing is just not where he wants to be and you can kind of see it with the way he plays. We discussed it on Sunday where he's often drifting towards the center. He's not a very good crosser of the ball. I think he could be a good part of the Ethniki but just not the way that he's being used and Bacasetas, I think does some things very well, but as you sort of mentioned the style of play needs to just be more attacking against these types of teams. I mean, this is Moldova we're talking about. This is a team that we could be able to put three, four past. And, uh, and we did have some opportunities to do that on Sunday, but really it should be much more throwing it at them. You can really get away with that against a side like this. And I think the defense also has its own set of issues. And you make a very good point that if we're going to call up this kid, Rota, who obviously has never featured for us and was kind of a, very surprising addition to the squad when he was first called up if we're going to call this kid up why are we playing center backs at right back over him it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me
3: yeah center backs who can't even last the full 90 minutes who need to come off in Haziadakos it makes no sense and to bring Greece chasing a goal there La on made no sense and was a terrible substitution but quick quick point on Mantalos i think the game against Moldova he he struggled but I think today he played quite well, to be honest, out of position. And another place I did like him was the friendly against Austria, from what I remember. I think Mantalos in a three-man midfield, maybe a four-three, three out of in possession, I should say in four-five-one out of possession is quite a good role for him. From an Belko's perspective, maybe even like a Marikamarav role playing like an eight. I think I think that's something he can do really well. And if if we play against more defensive teams, I would Enjoy seeing him play in that midfield together with whoever it may be Zeka or Gorbelis or Buhalakis.
2: Yeah. And before before I go on and I personally start ranting about the game today, I think we need to first take a step back. So kind of address some of the issues that have were building up that we saw against Moldova and as well as in, in the other nations league games. And then kind of maybe with that context, address whether or not those issues were resolved in this game and the first primary thing and it's something we tweeted about this week was that we had a very uninventive number 10. Bakasetas is not a true number 10. His assist to Madalos when we were man up against Moldova was his first registered key pass for the Greek national team in open play in almost three years. That is not good. That's not a good look for a guy that needs to be unlocking those defenses. He has almost no vision downfield. And it's not, this isn't to say that he is a bad player. This is just not the role he's used to playing. So we can't hold that necessarily against him. Uh, We had some other metrics on there, but, you know, zero successful crosses, no successful dribbles. He had one shot on target that triggered an X-goal metric. The X-goal differential is the danger or the threat for a goal. The likelihood, if you do that shot out of 100 times, that it will be a goal. His shot registered a .06, which means six times out of 100 times, if he makes that shot, it goes in. Zero shot assists, zero key passes, only won three of offense three of seven offensive duels. He was dispossessed pretty easily when pressured. He had two progressive runs that resulted in him losing possession, so it amounted to nothing. Um, he had a decent work rate though, winning the ball. Two out of three aerial duels. Won the only loose ball around him. Uh, three interceptions, two recoveries. So the the problem is he's not inventive, and that's a huge issue. Another issue: we're playing people out of position. Have we had a real left-wing play left-wing yet? Anybody? I mean, I I don't remember a real left-wing play left-wing. Not for
1: a very long time.
2: Yeah. Well, Masuras has a sub, yeah, but that's that's it. I mean, Madalos is not a natural left-wing, and... I always have to remind myself that he's playing out of position. And I, don't be- I won't begrudge Madalos his performances, especially in Moldova. At least the ideas were there. He was looking to break down the defensive line. He was looking to make through balls behind the defensive line, not just pass in front of the defense laterally. So I can't begrudge them that. The execution might need work, but the ideas were there. Also, Fortunis, again, not a left wing. There's a reason why Madalos and Fortunis, when they play, end up covering the same spots as Bacasetas because they're used to being central, so they drift central. In fact, uh, courtesy of Scout, if you look at the player mapping, the player mapping says that they're playing as attacking mids, left attacking mids when they play because they drift so far central. Now, another problem, and I think this is probably part of the reason why we don't just play with a 4-4-2, is it because we don't really have a real eight in the Greek national team. Zeka is a six. Gorbelis is a six. Bukhalakis, okay, we discussed in the podcast previously that he can be an eight-ish, but he really isn't. He doesn't have much of that playmaking upside. The only real midfielder that we think can be that next maestro was Galanopoulos, also an Ike player. Um, now, Galanopoulos had that nasty ankle injury, and we really haven't heard from him since then. So, Greg, I wanted to ask you, one, do you believe we addressed any of these concerns? And then, two, uh, can you give us kind of some insight on what's going on with Galanopoulos? Because he's really the only midfielder that looks like he can be that midfield maestro for this Greek national team.
1: Um, not really. I don't think we'd, we've covered too much of that. I think the, the point you made about Mandalos playing... Uh, as an eight is a great a suggestion, especially in games against Moldova. It could even possibly happen in a game against Kosovo. Uh, these are teams where I think we can actually accommodate the creativity of Mandalos in the middle, behind the central attacking midfielder, um, as uh, Kamara does at Olympiacos, as you mentioned. So I think that's that's something that we really need to look at because that's a solution to these creativity issues that we've got. And then you put, put a left midfielder, a left winger out on the left that's going to create so much for us. Um, Galanopoulos he's been in recovery for some time now he keeps getting he gets he gets put on um, our squads but then doesn't make the bench so I know he's uh, he's doing his uh, the individual program at the moment and he has started running so we we're expecting to see him at aek definitely within the next four weeks um, I don't think he'll be in, uh, he won't be in a position to probably play for Greece unless he hits the ground completely running this year but by, by honestly by next early next year we should be in a realistic position to see him Back in and he, again, here's another solution. He can go box to box. Uh, we saw him score a winner. Um, I don't remember which game oh. it was, but we saw his worth there. Um, and he's got a bit more go forward and creativity than both Good Belly and Zeka. So um, that's a solution. But also utilizing Mandalos in the center, even if it's a little bit behind the a midfield, is another solution that uh, we have to look at.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Galanopoulos when he played for the national team kind of after a qualification was out of reach, uh, Galanopoulos yeah. played those two games before, you know, before it was over and he looked great. We finally looked like we had that midfield maestro and then you put Zek on next to him or called next to him as a ball winner and it was fantastic. So, I we really are missing him.
0: And I also wonder I almost wonder if Bacasetas could go in that 8 behind a player like Fortunis or something like that. I mean, I don't really know if he has the capability to do it, but we've seen that he likes to work hard and in a more attacking formation, I almost wonder if it would just even be worth a try, maybe in a friendly or something.
3: Yeah. I don't know if he can play that deep. I don't think he, I think one position that I think he played in the past actually with Panionios, I think was almost like a second striker and a two striker, like a four, four, two, I want to say Mm -hmm. because, but I don't know if he's ever played in the central midfield. That's a good question. I doubt he would as well. I I don't know. Anyway, one one Baka point, now that you've brought him up, what really disappoints me with him playing is him taking the captain's arm band, which I don't think a lot of people care about, but it's something I care about, who your captain is. And Bacacetas being the captain shows that John Van Ship thinks he's one of the best players on the team. He's a leader. And for me, that's just not acceptable because he's not good enough to be the captain. And and he, I don't even think he has that great of leadership skills, at least from what we can see during the games. I just, it, it really is concerning to me that Baka Setas is becoming a mainstay in this team, considered captain material. He's brought to the press conferences. He speaks to the press all the time. It just makes no sense to me. Uh, a player from a mid-table Turkish team is now becoming our star player when there's, there's players better than him in his position, for me, it's just disappointing.
1: Which you could almost say uh, raise the case with Stafelidis because for me, having Stafelidis as a a guaranteed starter almost some games, for me, is just baffling because I personally think he's a very error-prone player. He's also injury-prone. And uh, John Van Ship keeps talking about Fortunis and him not being a starter Olympiakos to stuff for the national team, yet Stafelidis, who's hardly played at Hoffenheims, has you know got a pretty uh, blurred uh, history with the ethnic He has made some big mistakes in the past. Yet yeah, this guy is captain, and um, obviously he's got a good influence on the guys. Can't argue that. But um, playing him as a centre back again, we've we, we we've gone you now. I think we're almost playing a fifth string centre back combo these days. Getting him in there uh, to Lambros's point about Bacasetas. for me, the same. I feel the exact same way about this
2: Greg, you're totally right. You're, I mean, one hundred percent right, and. The there's just so many issues. We kind of touched on this, I believe it was Sunday, that it's almost like Van Schip is reinventing the wheel. There, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. You know, you did so well at the end of the last qualification campaign. We had nothing to lose. You tried a couple things. We look good. Okay. Yes. Are there some pieces missing? Yes. Has there been some drama? Of course. But it, he's like lost the plot. It kind of reminds me when Rafa Benitez. Began to outthink himself when he was the coach for Liverpool. You know, he was doing so well. And then literally, he outthought himself and started making some of the weirdest decisions. Now, prior to the game, we had been posting some statistics that were lighting, you know, enlightening other viewers and listeners about these issues. And on social media, some people were like, oh, uh, you know, stop crying. Uh, You know, JVS is going to do fine. And I don't like to say it because I want the national team to succeed, but I told you so. The data is not wrong. All data does is kind of give us a picture. Peter, Lambro and I do not want this national team to fail. Greg, I'm pretty sure you don't want this national team to fail as well. We all want it to succeed. But when we see what the issues are at hand, that that has to be addressed. And then what's frustrating for somebody like me, Van Chip comes out in a press conference and says, I'm making changes. Because we have to play better against Kosovo. And then he sticks with the same team. And what happened is exactly what we thought would happen. A very uninspiring performance. You know, there's no data manipulation here, guys. The data is just it. It is there. This is what's going on. This is what the players have done. Okay? You know, do we love Fortunis? Yes, of course. Is there some bias? I'll admit it. Yes, for me, there is some bias. However... When you have a player that on a permanent basis is the most productive offensive player on the Greek national team, there is absolutely no excuse why he is sitting on the bench. On a permanent basis, he creates more opportunities in the offensive third than any other player on the Greek national team, save maybe Limnios. Limnios, you know, might not always get through, but he's not afraid to take risks. And if it wasn't for Limnios, we don't even get that PK opportunity. Limnios's individual ingenuity is what caused that. So bringing this whole thing back, I hope that JVS learned his lesson. I hope this was a humbling performance because up until now, I think he's had an ego and I think he's acting like a child. But I'm hoping because I, I hate the carousel. I'd rather him not get fired. I want him to finish the campaign, but I hope he learned his lesson
0: and i swear if we hear him say after the game oh kosovo they they defended really well they're a very tough team to break through against and we just we had a penalty we could have very easily gone ahead and it was just bad luck I am, i'm i'm going to keep crying i mean i'm going to be crying either way so if if people want to tell us to stop crying i'm not going to stop crying until greece starts playing better but it's just really unfortunate to see that and as you said adi i think there are a lot of players who deserve to get some time i mean We started by talking about the center backs, and we've said it before, and I'll say it again. I want to see Mikhailidis in there. He is a natural center back. He's young. That is the start of what could be a center back pairing for the next 10 or so years for Greece, and he hasn't even gotten a game yet. That's a player that I would want to see in there.
3: Yeah, Peter, and I, 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 this Fortuny's argument, I'm biased. I love Fortuny's. But just like for our non-listeners, when we talk about Ulubiakos, we talk about... We don't produce goals when either one, Matthew Valbuena doesn't play or two, Fortunis doesn't play. Those two are the only reason Olympiacos creates in these past few months where we've really lost our fullbacks and, and lost Daniel Podense in the winter. We've been over-reliant on Valbuena and Fortunis. And without the, without Fortunis, a lot of games we would not score. Look at the start of this campaign. Oliviacos at halftime is not creating anything. Fortunis comes on. Boom! Things change. Two goals in the second half, or even this past game against, um, was it Janina? I think it was. Anyway, he came on at halftime and we scored a goal within five minutes. It's it, it, it. Maybe we are biased, but he he has that creativity that I don't think anyone else in the the national team currently has, other than maybe Limnios. And it's just frustrating because yes, maybe he doesn't run enough and blah 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 blah, but. Against Kosovo, you don't, you don't need a track star. You don't need Brownie Day at 2.0 to run his socks off. You, know, you need someone to unlock the team, like against Moldova. And again, we had people telling us that Moldova is some sort of defensive giant. Moldova ate four goals today from Slovenia without Kevin Kampo or Ilisic. Slovenia is not a world-beating team. This, it, it's just this, our standards are quite low, I think, at the moment. And it's disappointing for me.
2: It's disappointing for all of us. You know, and and again, don't forget Kosovo was missing 10 players. They were missing 10 players today. This was a weakened Kosovo side. And there was a somebody had, had commented on Twitter, well, you know, Van Chip had said that he just doesn't play Fortunis because he doesn't play that much for his national team. If I remember correctly, Limnios has been starting nonstop. Did he start a lot for Balk in their Champions League no. qualification campaign prior to being sold? Solis started over him and Solis can't get a game for Greece. Exactly. so if that was really if that was really what John Venship meant, then he really isn't following it. He clearly has favorites. This is that's clear. Venship has favorites. Now another part of the problem, actually, you know what before, before we go forward, I think we do need to um, do focus on a couple of positives because there are some positives with this team. Wingbacks, Yanulis uh, looks really good going forward. Um, you know, there, there's always some there's some argument whether him or Timikas are, are the better uh, pick for the national team. Right now, Janulis is definitely making the case that he should be in the national team. He looks great going forward. Sometimes he looks, you know, the most effective going forward. And it's a shame because you see how he gets stuck on the left side by himself when yeah, either Madalos, right, He doesn't have an actual left winger to help spread the field. He's all the way up there himself. You know, and I feel bad because the poor kid has to run up and back, up and back. I can't wait to see the distance covered metrics because he probably is going to be on the top because the poor guy has to go up and then run all the way back after pushing the field so much. But, you know, defensively, even though I don't think this defense is quite as good as defenses as Greece has had in the past, I think they're starting to get there. They're, they're, they're looking pretty good. Left, you know, left back, obviously, we're pretty settled in. Center backs, Varnas, we know, is one of the key pieces. It's kind of finding uh, that younger guy that's going to grow in with them. Like I said, I'm okay with Zavellas being a stopgap. He had a decent game on Sunday. Today was, you know, I don't want to say it was bad. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. But we need to have that future there. Greg, what are your thoughts
1: on this? What are your thoughts on the defense, um, you know, uh, in terms was- of the pieces? I was just about to mention about uh, interesting comments I've seen about Zvarnas. As an Ajax fan, I'm a little bit... Um, it worries me that he is such a key part of our centre-back uh, position, to be honest. Um, uh, he's a good player. He showed a lot of promise when Carrera first came into Ajax and I thought he had turned the leaf. Um, but for me, he's he's a backup at Ajax and I think it's a little bit dangerous with him being a, a starter, believe it or not, for the na- national team. Um, Against better opposition and in big games, he's for me. He's he, uh, it worries me if uh, JVS's um, number one centre back is Vardanis because uh, um, for me he's a, he's an okay defender. He's an okay defender for the Super League, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we how he goes in the Europa League for Aik. He's been a okay candidate in, in the national team at the moment, but look at the the, the opposition we're playing. Hasn't been anything that's really gonna uh, push him too much, and we saw him get uh, outrun and fall over today, which only really created us the scoring goal for yep. for Kosovo. Um, so I have a, I have a worry with Svarna uh, being at this level with the national team. Um, so Velas, like you, I have to agree with you. I actually don't mind him being a go. He's he's been pretty. You know, I know that Aust- there was I think the second Austro goal. You could argue he lost his man, but for me, he's got the experience. He, He's got a reputation, but he he gets the job done for the most part for me. I'd like to see Hadzi Diakos back there. And I'd really like to see... I'm not sure why we're calling up Lambropoulos. I know he plays now in the second division in Germany, but when he played at Ajax, I was a big fan of his. Um, I was disappointed when he left. But I think he's someone who should be given a go at that position with the national team, because I think he's been an Ajax fan. I've actually found him stronger than Zvarnas overall. So, I would love to see Lambropoulos get a go there. Um, but we really need to get a right-back in the right-back position. Stop playing Lambropoulos there or Hazidiakos. They're not they're centre-backs. They're not meant for there. So, that is what I think is, needs to be our biggest, our biggest fix. The other thing I would even uh, think of doing with the left side of the field um, is potentially even getting Simikas um, playing in the midfield role um, and getting Yanulis behind him or vice versa. They're two quality players. Um, we've got such a problem on that left wing why not do something like that? So that's my thoughts on that particular topic.
2: That's an interesting take on Simikas. I actually would be very interesting to see something like that, or even have him play left back and push Janulis who's definitely a very yeah. good. Yeah. forward. I um, want to see that. Now, the funny thing is, what you brought up about Zvaranas, I have seen a lot of, and it's definitely something I've seen when I've been lurking on Reddit. Ike fans have said the same thing, but funny enough, you know, during some of the qualification games. Uh, and then for the Greek national team, Varnas, in terms of his defensive player metrics, w- well, aside from Siovas, has the most solid defensive metrics. He has the best win rates in the air, on the ground, loose balls, clearances, interceptions. He's, with you know, without Siovas, he's the best that's performed for us so far. And, you know, Savelas, we know he's there because Van Schip likes to have that ball playing center back. And again, I'm okay with him being there. It's just, so, it's just so interesting to me when I, when I hear you know, Ike fans concerned about that. Uh, and it kind of speaks to what the situation is like when, here we go, we have Ike fans you know, that consider him a backup, and this is kind of right now the best that's available for JVS's pool. Now, JVS can increase that pool of players to the currently exiled players, but I don't think we're going to see that happen.
1: I have to say, there was a young 18-year-old, I think his name is Stereo, who played for St. Gallen in Switzerland uh, when Ake played them. And he was excellent. So um, I would potentially love to see him into the fold. I thought, again, I, maybe it's... A, I don't know, maybe us Aik fans have seen the, the worst side of Svarnas, I think. Um, look, he's improved 100%. But there was Leonidas Stereo who plays for St. Gallen in Switzerland. He's only 18. When he played against Aik in the Europa League playoff, he was he seemed like a seasoned veteran. So um that's another player I'd love to see pull in there. in regards to the exiled veterans, I think Manolas would be a huge, huge upgrade. How how much of a cancer he is inside the dressing rooms, I, I can't really say because we don't know, you know, personally to talk about it, I don't think. Um but if we had him there over any of the guys we're currently using, that's that's putting a Toyota uh, taking it together, putting a, a Ferrari in there, in my opinion.
0: Yep. One interesting thing about Seriu, he actually featured this week for the U21 team of Switzerland. So that's an interesting wow. one to keep an eye on. Now, yeah, right. He's not been capped by the senior team, so if he wanted to, he could switch over to Greece. But it's not encouraging that he's uh, chosen mm. to feature for the Swiss U21 team.
3: Yeah, Peter. I also I, I knew they would be coming. We had a quote from john van ship this is the headline from gazette i'm doing a quick translation and he said if we had scored if we had scored it would have been a different game that just <laughs> that's <laughs> that's excellent insight production. from him
0: <laughs> if we if we had scored goals we would have won you know i i would have and i actually so, wouldn't yeah. have known that 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 was the case if uh, jvs didn't say it in the interview
2: that's almost as bad yeah, basically... as anastasiadis when he said you know well, maybe God looked more favorably on the other team. We weren't good enough men. That's almost abs- as absurd <laughs> oh, as that geez. statement.
3: <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going down. He said, yeah, if we had scored the penalty, it was a different game. The second half, uh, we didn't enter good. The the Kosovarans, and, I, and I'm translating off the head of head. So if I get one of these wrong, from Greek to English, we didn't play the game we wanted. At least we left with the draw. He said, I, I from mean, Greek. So to
0: me, it sounds like he sort of understood that they weren't playing their game. What alarmed me is that it took him so long to make changes if he was clearly aware of that. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here watching the game in the 55th minute, and I'm like, look, just do something. It's clearly not working. And I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously I want to see fortuny but... I was kind of uh, disappointed that it took that long to make changes, uh, even though I think the changes were generally positive and, and helped Greece play a little bit better. Obviously, it was hard to judge because they were only on the pitch for such a small time, but it's 55 minutes into the game we haven't scored against Kosovo, and, and they were even starting to get more into the game themselves at that point. I'm just thinking, do something, JVS. You got to do something here.
3: Yeah, he was, he was shell-shocked there, and I think... Kosovo was, was unlucky to score that one goal that I think was cleared off the line by Tzavelas or one of our players. I don't remember.
1: Hadidiakos. Um Yep.
3: Hadidiakos. Okay, so they had a good opportunity and we looked shell-shocked there. And Bacasetas couldn't even hold the ball up. And the players looked a bit tired too. I don't know if anyone else saw that. But even at the end of the first half and then entering the second half, it's just like they seemed almost leggy. And it was the moment where I thought Fortunis comes on, wins us the ball, wins us some possession, cools everything down. But he went with Buhalakis in taking Zeka out, who is like a known workhorse, and I thought played, you know, his normal decent game. Yep. So that that confused me. Like, y- you bring on Fortunis, you know, he wins the ball, he he gains some possession and helps the team out and relieves that stress. But he brought on buhalakis who will never do that, and probably you're going to build even more pressure on you bringing him on. It, that, that confused me.
2: Well, it's not just that. You're going to build more pressure on you taking Zeka off because Zeka is our best ball winner. We've put the metrics out there. He's the best on our team with that. He is our bulldog. Not that Gurbelis can't do it, but Gurbelis is a little bit more, I'll say, technical in possession. And we've already said, I have never seen anybody, even on social media, agree that they like seeing Bujalakis and Gurbelis together. It doesn't work. So Zeka has to be on the pitch. Now, listen, maybe maybe Ventship saw that he was getting tired and he wasn't running as much. Maybe that's why he brought it off. I'm very curious to see what the metrics will be. Now, again, guys, as soon as they populate, we will start posting metrics. It seemed very popular. We got a lot of interactions, a lot of likes. People wanted to see that. People have messaged us saying they like to see that. So we will continue to tease that stuff and then talk about the context of the data more so. So that's something we will continue to do. I don't know why we didn't think about it sooner. We're going to continue to do that. And I'm sure as we continue to do that, you know, some of the same people are going to continue to get upset about those data points. But we're going to do them anyway. We're going to put them out there. And it's not because we want, again, we don't want the Greek national team to fail. We want them to win. The data points tell us where the problems are. So there's a lot of them, but there are some things we can build from. And we just have to hope that again, JVS will learn his lesson. And then, you know, maybe we see some better successes going on from there. I hope that the EPO doesn't fire him. Let him finish the campaign and let's see what happens. We can't keep doing the carousel. It's just gonna get worse.
1: I, I would think there's no um worry or issue about him getting fired at the moment. They've done a look as as much as we are seeing, definitely the issues starting to come out, but they've done a incredible job and look, especially last year from where the team went from not being a you know a complete nightmare to watch with just no light at the end of the tunnel to a complete transformation in a short period of time yep, that's um, true. that was fantastic we've seen we've definitely seen some bizarre and, and puzzling selections and issues happen on the field at the moment um, it would be absolute madness to even consider sacking him anytime soon uh, they'd have to see out this campaign. And Mm -hmm. we probably have to see how we continue with our next campaign. If we continue on this part, look, this result is definitely on him. I I was saying in Hellas football uh, at the start of this game, firstly, Limnios, why did he even start him against Austria? You played Limnios in three games in a short period of time. Of course, the guy was dead uh, in the game today. And then to start the exact same eleven against Kosovo that struggled to break down Moldova, what are you thinking? Um, Mm -hmm. But to go down the line of getting him sacked right anytime soon. I, I just can't say that would be as much as we see issues. I think that would be just compiling another huge amount of issues on us. If Apple was to go down that line. And I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think the carousel is just horrible. And at some point you need consistency in the team. Now, Greg, I wonder, uh, as we go forward, there'll be another international break, I guess, a month out from now. And I kind of wanted to ask you um, if you have an idea for what you would like to see as the starting eleven for those games, assuming, you know, everyone is fit. Maybe even if we get Chimikas, Masuras um, back. Uh, yes. I wonder what you would throw
1: together if you were the manager. I would love to see um, Fortunis start at sen- center attack in midfield. Uh, I'm not sure who we're playing, but it's obviously going to be on the similar path to what we've been playing now. So I'd get uh, Fortunis in the middle. I would honestly try... Get Simikas in left midfield uh, and Janulis there at left back, which means those two can play off each other. Uh, Limnios at right wing, of course. I would put, you know, if Bakakis isn't ready yet, get Rota in there to get some experience. He wasn't that. He was, he's a right back. He plays uh, in the Dutch uh, first division. He should be right there. Um, and then, you know, I would even see how we're going in the first half. I would experiment with getting Mandalos in that uh, eight number eight position. Um and potentially, depending on how we're doing, getting Fundas to start up front because I think he's got he's he's in a lot of form at the moment, and uh, his finishing is is I think a little bit better than Pavlidis at the moment. And potentially, you know, depending on what the scorelines are early on, if we could get a good start, I would even look at trying to get Fundas and Pavlidis playing together up front together um, in a potential four four two if that's possible, or, or or just getting trying to get two strikers up there because. Um, Breaking down teams is becoming an issue for us, as is our finishing. And I think probably the best finisher at the moment is someone like Fundas, um, who we need to utilize because uh, at the moment, we are just not putting our chances away at all. And give Bakasetas a rest. we got to try something new.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we did some... We did actually deep dives on Fundas as well as Pavlidis kind of before the, the national team campaign really kicked off for Nations League. And Fundas really is... I mean, he's the the closest to a real nine that we actually have. Uh, You know, his strike rate is great. He's doing very well for his club. Uh, And it's not that Pavlidis is bad. You know, Pavlidis, the one thing I've said constantly, and I know that, you know, especially after this game, there are a lot of people, again, saying Pavlidis is woeful. The movement is there. He's going all over the place. But Mm -hmm. his... His production is capped. His in terms of his uh value, there's a very small, there's a very short ceiling if he's not going to get the service with all the movement that he has. Now, I will say this, you know, he's not the best finisher either, but I want to see Funtas. I've wanted to see Funtas there for a long time. Most certainly not on the left wing. You know, let him play in his natural position. Let's see some mobility there.
3: Yeah, so that's a good point. But I I um talking about the two fullbacks I had, I had an idea. And Adi is a Arsenal fan like I am. How do you think that would work with almost like a 3-4-3 like Arsenal do? They have Kieran Tierney work as almost like a central defender, but he goes forward more. Could we roll with a system like that with a, almost a 3-4-3, sometimes a 4-3-3? I think that's one of the only ways you could work that in because I don't know if any of them are comfortable playing on the wing. So high up, but maybe in a 3-4-3, where one's a wing back and one's an attacking central defender it could work I I don't know what do you you think about that so given
2: the lack of right back or real right back option I would be okay with that in a manner of speaking Um, you know that would give a little bit more room for Jan to push forward where he excels Uh, you know then we can have we could have a guy like Limnios play there Uh, now he would have to track back a lot which he seems to be able to do it's going to be a lot of physical work for him um, so i wouldn't be you know too far against that or or even you could have Limnos push further up and have him play in the front three and then have you know again have rota just play out on the right on that right back out there there's a little bit less risk now the again the the only thing that I could see being the issue would be if you're going to roll let's say 343 three, and then you have Limnios as one of your three forwards do you just go with two other forwards do you go with Funtas and Pavlidis up there or do you have one of those kind of be like uh, act almost as a 10 or in a manner of speaking and have him drop back a little bit because if you're stuck with a 343 three, then you are literally hedging most of your creativity off of that midfield duo and without galanopoulos who's really the only player that we've seen in the last two years that has that ability to be that maestro Buikis I don't I don't think he can do that he there's a very very noticeable ceiling with Buchaikis you know Martins with Olko is trying to get more of that downfield upside out of him and it's just not something he does is he very accurate with the ball and do those long balls turn out yes but he doesn't look to do that so you know that is going to be tough but at this point I'm willing to give it a shot you know and see what happens because, you know, for me, what's the point of having a free-flowing system and us playing more free-flowing than we have with a more defensive system like with Rahayul or with Fernando Santos when we're actually making almost the same number of chances, you know, in terms of actually dangerous opportunities? That's a problem for me. You know, playing more free-flowing just for the sake of it doesn't get us anywhere, you know, if we're being more free-flowing and we're actually much more dangerous as a team, then that's fantastic. Otherwise, what's the point?
3: And, and just to add on, keep going with the Arsenal references. I think there's so many Arsenal references in Greece. You know, Buhalak is almost like your Jaka. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but this is just coming into my head right now. That's because we've but experienced all th- this
0: bullshit before. <laughs> More Arsenal yeah, exactly. references. Get Mavropanos in the team. Where's he at? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's a good point. But but in a 3-4-3 and your front three, I think... Zolis, Funtas, Pavlidis, or even Limnios, I'm fine with that. I think that would be fantastic. And that, that cures both people who don't like Fortunis and people who don't like Pacacetas. Both are gone, I guess. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. And and I I, I, I think with the current system, I think Craig was exactly right. I think Manta Los Deeper would be great right behind Fortunis. And, and I, I think we have the pieces, that's, that's the most annoying part. You know, you, you're Moldova and you have players from Azerbaijan or the second division of Greece, okay, th- you're not going to win a lot of games. You have to play defensive, you have to play Greece have top end talent. Greece have big, big time players. And it's, it's just frustrating because we accept this mediocrity because we've been poor for five, six years now, but the team, the individuals have talent and someone has to put it together.
2: Yeah. The, and this is, so this is one thing that we've also said in the past, right? The system, right? The system itself isn't necessarily bad. It's the personnel choice in the system that seems to be the problem. So, you know, as much as we like talking about, Hey, maybe we try a three, four, three, maybe we try this. Why don't we actually try playing the right players in the right damn positions? I know we don't like the curse on the pot a lot, but it's hella frustrating. Now, you know, Perspective, these are, as we've said before, and as other people have mentioned on social media, again, they are glorified friendlies with, of course, some consequence because of the the seeding that can occur if you win your group. But you still want to see, you know, when you see what's going on there, it doesn't make you feel too good about how we would actually compete against top-tier teams. You know, if we go against Croatia in the qualifiers again, to get into the to the Euro Cup or the World Cup, where we go up against guys like Bosnia Herzegovina, you know, are we beating those teams like this? No, no, Probably not, <laughs> no, not at all. There was somebody joking that we might still beat
0: England <laughs> one nothing. I don't know. Nope. England beat Kosovo I think four 0 last time they played, and that wasn't yeah. that long ago. So, Albania beat Moldova. They beat Moldova four uh, 0 or was it four 0 Moldova, 4-0. Moldova in Euro qualifiers in 2019. I don't think I mentioned this yet. They finished below Andorra in their group. I could like walk across Andorra in like 2 days. And Moldova finished below them like or 2 hours I should say. Like the country's tiny. And Moldova finished below them in their group and lost almost every game. The only game they won was they beat Andorra once, but they lost I think the second time they played. So they got 3 points out of like 10 games. And like yeah. I said, I, if we have any Moldovan listeners, like I'm sure it's a beautiful country. I don't want to say anything bad about the country, and I'm sure they're hardworking players. But I mean, it's just unacceptable for Greece, a team that used to be winning the Euros. If we ever want to be competing with top-tier European sides again, we can't be drawing with Kosovo nil-nil. I mean, if the way the team played today, if we go up against England, we're getting six goals scored on us, and we're not even getting close to finding the back of the net ourselves. It's just kind of the way it is. And I personally am very ambitious for this Ethniki. That's why I'm crying. That's why I'm not going to stop crying no matter how many people tweeted us because I (laughs) want this team to be great. And I believe that, like you said, Adi, the players are there to do it. It just has to be putting people in the right positions, playing the right type of football. And I just think it's not that far away. And that's why I'm just really frustrated. Now – I think we're running a bit low on time. Greg, do you have any last thoughts about the last couple of games or just about Greek football in general?
1: Uh, in the last couple of games, look, I just hope JBS sees what we're all seeing. I mean, it seems quite obvious. I just don't get how he's not seen it. It worries me that he went with that same 11 against Kosovo, which ultimately, and then I, look, I'm sure you guys predicted it as well. I, I knew there was going to be an issue here, and there was. Um, so, going forward, I hope he just has a, a slightly more fresher look at what's going on and everything we've mentioned. Get players that play in the position to start in that position. Look to refresh a few things. Maybe give, you know, we need to give someone else a try. We've You know, uh has a, a limit and I think we've, we've seen that limit. So, let's get some new things in there. In regards to football in general, um, huge European season coming up for Olympiakos Aek and Pau. Let's hope um, these guys do well and get us some much-needed points. I can't wait for the A game against Braga in Portugal, which is going to be great. Although we just uh, just breaking news. Um, Andres Simoes, the Portuguese midfielder for who um, scored that wonderful goal against Wolfsburg, is, he won't be available for that match. which is a, a bit of a loss for us. Uh, he's out for four weeks with an ankle injury, but I uh, really hope the Greek teams can um, do something good in Europe. That's, that's one of the big things that I'm hoping for. Um, and JVS, Kind of season, the things that we're obviously
0: seeing as well. That's a real shame about Simo, he's a great player. He and Christchich have been putting in good performances yeah. in the midfield for Ike, but yeah, we'll be rooting for all of them. And we definitely hope that every Greek team, as well as the Ethnic Key, does well. Greg, thank you, thank you so much for coming in and joining us on the podcast. You provided some excellent insight, and we're really glad we got the opportunity to have you on. We know in Australia. I think you you got up very, very early to watch the uh, the <laughs> you play. I don't know if I could bring myself to get up at five or six in the morning or whatever to watch this team. So good on you for that. And uh, we really appreciate you for taking the time to come on at sort of a hectic time. Obviously, it's always difficult with the time zones. But while we got you here, if there's anything that you would like to plug, whether it's your social media where people can follow you or keep up with your writing, now is a great time to do that. I'm sure the listeners of this podcast will be – Really keen to keep up
1: with you. Thanks, guys. Look, and it's been a pleasure being on. I've absolutely loved uh, talking about the the football that we've been speaking about. We probably, could probably go on for another few more hours. Um, in regards to Aguana, um, I think that's going to come through more. That's on a, a bit of a hiatus at the moment, so uh, that hopefully comes back in a few months. But Hella's football is going really strong. More good things to come from that um, from Hella's football as we get bigger and stronger. Um, so keep an eye on that site, and I hope to be able to get a bit more writing done over the next coming months, especially with the things coming up for, for Aek, and hopefully some ethnic insight into more blogs as well. But thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. I've absolutely enjoyed it. And like I said, if we could keep talking for another two hours, we probably could.
0: Well, we'll have to have you on again. So cool. 100%. Most, certainly we really enjoyed it as well. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to keep going. And yeah. we, we are right, big fans of Hellas yep. football and uh, we That's always cool. enjoy reading their stuff. So it's nice to have you on as well. And yeah, um, We'll
1: definitely have to have you on again. Sounds good, guys. Definitely. I look forward to it.
0: All right. And thank you also to everyone who has listened, especially if you've made it this far. We hope to keep pushing out good content for you all. If you would like to provide feedback to us, you can, of course, do that via Twitter or Instagram. You can follow us at Gate7INTL. We've had some lovely people giving us tweets about the Ethniki the last few days, so we really appreciate the feedback there, whether it's positive or negative. Feel free to leave a review on Apple. Once again, positive or negative review, we'll read it out on the podcast so you can have your words heard to our massive base of listeners. And I think that's about it. We're coming to you from three different continents and four different countries today, all sorts of time zone circus going on to get this podcast organized, but... We hope you enjoyed, and we will see you again very soon.